0: The kids are back. No new president, whatever. We'll move on. Late night wasted. It's World Hockey Report Live. How are you? How's summer going? It feels great to be back. I'm not going to lie. It has been too long, but we banked a bunch of great interviews in the time off. So much good content to get to. A lot of good interviews. I think you guys are really going to enjoy. I'm telling you. We got one of the best European hockey stories you'll ever hear. And, I I mean, it's a top-notch college hockey story. Winnie brought the heat. We got a ton of stuff to get to today, though. A lot of NHL news, actually. More recent than, you know, I I kind of expected. we, You know, go through a little bit of a lull. No one really knows when the start of the season's going to be. You know, you're kind of waiting, humming and hawing. Our team's going to make moves. The cap's kind of flat. Kind of sucks in that sense. Well... Teams do not give, you know, a, a hoot. We'll keep it clean to start this one off. Let's bring in Adam Urban Trout, Sasky's finest, Jordan World Hockey Report here on Twelve Ounce Sports single TV, Channel Seven Sixty One. Trout, I mean, did, did you watch some of the election last night, or what have you been up to?
1: I watched like five minutes of it, and then I realized that I really had no idea what was going on, and like who any of like the state senates are, and like all that stuff, and. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on, so I just
0: played Chell and went to bed, pretty much. You're a big Chell guy, eh? That's all you... Like, you're just jamming... Is it, is it the new one? Like, is it the new NHL 21 out? Oh, is that the new one? Yeah. How is it? Like, like I mean, I know you rip on the player ratings, but, like, did they change anything?
1: Yeah, like, there's, like... I don't know. There's, like, the the biggest thing, I think, is, like, your CPU teammates are less stupid. Like, that's that seems to be the big complaint, usually. But that's that's better there's some nifty little like board play and like new deeks. like that michigan move nope, like it's impossible to pull off like it's cool it's there but like you're never gonna do it um like i don't know it's it's like a lot of people would like people who don't play jelly be like oh it's the same as nhl 10 it's not but like I don't know. i'm still gonna buy it either way
0: fair enough i mean you kind of get like the updated rosters things like that I don't, I mean, I can't even remember the last NHL game I played. Like, it was probably NHL 13 or something. I don't know. I I, I can't remember. It must have been on, like, the old Xbox or the Xbox 360 when it came out. Not a big gamer, though. Uh, What else are you keeping busy with? I mean, I know that uh, it's been like a month since we talked at least. I I don't even remember when the Stanley Cup ended now. It it feels like it's been months on end. Like, give the people an update. How did your golf game end? Are you a scratch yet or no?
1: No, I wasn't a scratch. And it pretty much, like, I had a really good round where I was like...
0: Wasted membership.
1: Yeah, one over through seven or something. And then we only ended up getting in 12 because it was so... it's getting dark out or whatever. So there's that. Um,
2: I'm coaching a midget double A team with some buddies so that takes up some of the time
0: <laughs> i um, couldn't believe it when you first told me you're like dude i'm coaching like whoa trout coaching i can't what's your pre-game speech like wh- if you got to go in there and like pump the guys up like what are you saying
1: not too much i usually leave that to the head guy but i'm like look boys have fun but like let's let's win like nobody nobody likes to lose it's so it's like the classic have fun but it's a lot more fun when you win.
0: That's fair. Are you like a players coach then? Like the kids can come to you and be like, "Yo, like like talk to the head coach. I'm not playing enough. I or I'm not getting enough ice time here in Midget AA. Like, I mean, the scouts got to see me.
1: No, I haven't really had any of that yet. Like they're all all pretty good. Like if you tell them to to do something, generally they'll do it. Um it's good though. Like you like you've been in their shoes before like playing in the same league and stuff. So it's good, like between like me and the assistants.
0: Yeah, I got a t- hilarious story. Actually, I played two midget AA games in my life. Fun fact: in Swift, so like I started off in midget AAA, got cut when they got a ten D down from the SJ. Whatever, no biggie, right? Like I'm gonna go. I was 15 at the time. Went down to midget AA, played two games, two shutouts, got snipped. I shit you not, I got cut after two shutouts in midget double-A. And so that's, that was the year I played house until like Christmas and then got called back up to triple-A. Like it was an absolute joke, but like the the a team, I think like the head coach's son was a goalie and same with like the assistant coach's son. So like they weren't going to snip him. But that yeah, it was just like the wildest thing ever as a kid. I'm like, what did I do wrong? I just got two shutouts for this team in a weekend. Back-to-back dubs. And now I'm gonna be playing House League.
1: Yeah, that's, that's funny. Ours, I, I kind of like our setup because like none of us know any like knew any of the kids prior, so like it's it's good that you're not like oh this kid did this two years ago maybe maybe he's still a good like you know stuff like that where you go in there kind of with an open mind where if you like have a kid that plays or have like like if you know somebody then you're you're basing off who they they are and their friend group are but. No, I mean I I think we should be good. Like
0: You haven't had a deal with any shitty parents yet?
1: No, not yet. Like it's it's actually all been pretty good. Like nobody says too much. The games are a little weird, just like you're yelling on the bench with a mask on and it's all muffled.
0: Oh you gotta wear a mask on the bench, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah, you gotta wear it on the bench and then like there's like some weird restrictions like where you can only have thirty people at one rink and then like two parents a kid at another rank and stuff like that and then and our our first game i was telling you this off the air like it was just an exhibition and a kid on the other team threw up on the bench in the second period and they and the refs just like called the game they're like we do not know what protocol is like there's there's germs we're calling it and we're like okay so it's, it's different but you know hopefully it goes well
0: they just shut it down they're like oh germs not working yeah, that that's luck. that's sick though, buddy. That's awesome that you're giving back the hockey world. I mean, I find coaching a blast. Honestly, I, I've you know got the pleasure to do it a little bit, so I, I find it a blast. I think that it's it's just a cool way to stay involved. I don't know like how young I could coach kids though. I feel like I don't have that. I want to go any
1: younger than like the midget age I'm coaching now. Yeah,
0: like like I don't I don't know if I could coach like Adam or Pee Wee. Like I'm either like fully checked out and I'm like guys, let's have fun. Or I'm I'm you know, I'm not screaming and yelling, but you know, I'm not afraid to drop an F bomb here or there. You know, I'm competitive. I hate losing more than anything. And I totally get it. Like you do not need that at all and like in peewee hockey.
1: No, it's I, I mean I don't think I'd go any younger than, than midget or bad and like where like the st- kids still care, but like it's not like like too like too com like I mean like it's not like the dub or anything like that where you have to be like so dialed in, but yeah, NHL
0: talk. Yeah, I guess we might as well. Uh, what well, we're here for, World Hockey Report. Follow us on Twitter at RPT. I'm on Twitter at Janet31. Adam's on Twitter at A. Ehrman Trout, as you can see on your screen. Coming to you, Zingo TV, Channel 761, 12-ounce sports. Uh, <laughs> where do we even start with this one? I guess we might as well keep it in Edmonton because, hey, you know what? Great place to be. Uh, Dominic Cahoon signs with the Oilers. I don't mind the addition. Like, I don't want to be like one of those, you know, journalists that's going to rip on it. But Adam, from my perspective, does this really benefit the Oilers? Like, is this a move they should be making? When what the average? They what do they average? Like four and a half goals a game in the play-in round. Like their issue isn't scoring as much as people want to talk about their depth scoring. It's not the prettiest. But that's not the main issue they needed to solve this offseason. They've done absolutely nothing to help themselves on the defensive side. So now I'm off on a total different tangent, but what's your thoughts on the Kahuna deal? I think it's like one year, 975.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a low-risk signing. I think if you ask 30 other GMs in the league if they could have Kahuna one year, 975, they're saying yes. Um People were wondering, like, why he'd been on, like, three teams in three years, and basically he was in Chicago, went to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh wanted him, and then went to Buffalo because Pittsburgh wanted Sherry back. So, like, I don't look into that too much. I get what you're saying, though, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, the, the Oilers, um, all the signings they've made, like, Tyson Berry, Kyle Turris, Don McCahoon bringing Pulley Arby back. None of those are, like, gritty signings, which is what Tampa added in one of the cup, none of those were like super stalwart defensive signings, maybe tourists a little bit, but for the most part it's, it's offense and speed. And, and I mean, I, you see some things on Twitter where it's like, are the Oilers becoming too much like Toronto where they, they're getting some, some skilled forwards and, and skilled defensemen, but they're ignoring the bigger issues. And, you know, I think now they have too many forwards, right? Like they,
0: yeah, they're the going to have to have bury some of the minors.
1: like I, I something's got to give there. And with Clefbaum going on LTIR, I, I mean, it's it's stuff Like I mean, it's they're all good signings, and you can't really fault Holland for doing any of them because they're all one year low money, two year low money, whatever. But at the end of the day, like you brought back Mike Smith, you brought in Tyson Berry, who's not going to win many battles down low. Like you didn't. With it works in the regular season, maybe not in the playoffs, but we'll have to see. They sell McDavid and Settle, which are obviously like the two two workhorses.
0: That's fair. I mean, you're gonna have to bury some guys in the minors, but it kind of makes you think like why did they sign a bunch of those guys not a bunch I guess but why did they sign some of those forwards right after the season if you know they were planning on going after a couple of these guys like talks had heated up right away with the Cahoon thing and then I think it kind of got put on the shelf I think he thought he might be able to get some more money it's still weird though like Hoffman hasn't even signed and I get it like he's going to hold out a little bit until he gets what he wants he's got that resume goal scoring wise but I think teams are still a little skeptical around him not to, to get into any background or anything but you know, then then you see a guy like Mantha who continues to progress. He's a you know a point per game forward, and w- what did he get? Just like it was right around five, wasn't it? Like five, five, know, seven. five seven for four years. Like that's a good deal. If you want to compare that, like I'm pretty sure it's cheaper than Nuge, correct? Uh, Nuge is at six right now. Yeah, so it's, it's a little cheaper than Nugent Hopkins. And for what Mantha brings to Detroit, I think he plays a bigger role on the Wings than Nuge plays on the Oilers, per se. And, and yeah. not to, like, brag about it. Like, the Wings suck. But, like, you, you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, like, he's more of a, a scorer, I think, that Detroit and other p- people have issues with his overall game, right? Like, he's, he
0: can score at
1: will, but he's not going to defend defend much, um, which Nooch does a little bit more of that, but for the Oilers, I mean, they're all low-risk signings. Uh, any other GM would make them. A lot of guys turned down more money to come to Edmonton. Um, and if you look at...
0: A lot of guys are one guy.
1: Signings, like, a lot of the guys signing six, seven years, those deals are crap after three years, right?
0: Yeah, but like guys get paid for what they did and that's, that's the argument that you're going to have to have every single time. Like, you know, it, it sucks that you have to offer a guy like Peter Angelo or Petrangelo seven years, but he's earned that. He's got his cup. He's been that consistent defender. Like, if you could get these guys on player-friendly deals every single season, you would have, you know, Toronto would win every year. You know, like, uh, it'd be the same team winning every year if everyone's like, well, I might as well just take a one-year team-friendly deal here. Like, no, you kind of want to make the owners pay at some point.
1: Yeah, and I mean... A lot of the time, like let's say you sign Petrangelo seven years, whatever Vegas did, and they win a cup in year two. They don't care what years, like the last six years of that contract look like. Like
0: you, you won a cup. Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense there. Uh, okay, a couple other NHL news items, I guess, that we you know, haven't really dove into, but Sagan and Bishop, they're both out for five months now. After their surgeries, like obviously, if you're out for five months, you're going through some pretty serious shit here, Adam. Like, you know, they they weren't playing through, you know, sprained fingers. No, yeah, I mean, I like Sag and
1: he, we went at him a couple times and he looked horrible and like clearly there's something wrong and I think his his is a hip and then Bishop. I don't really know what his deal was. He came back for that one game and like got rinsed in the first period, and that was kind <laughs> of it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I worry about Dallas, right? Like, you, you go so deep, especially in the bubble, you lose, and then, like, you start the season again, you're missing two of your guys, and it's
0: like, it's not great. No, it's not great at all. There was another, like, I mean, a lot of these deals have gone to arbitration. We're not going to break into everything. Like, Pollock just got a two-year deal, $5 million with the Isles. So, I, I don't want to break into everything. Actually, while we're on the Isles, though, I did have this as a jot note. How are they in cap trouble? How do they only have 3.9 million left to sign Barzell? Like when I look at that team, dude, I I, I don't know. I can't name anyone. Like Everly might be making over five million now. Like who else? Who who's making money on that team? Like no, they're they just like
1: they just have a bunch of second liners making like six million bucks. Like Lee's at seven, Nelson's at six, Everly and Ladder at five and a half, Pajot and Bailey are at five. And right. then on the back end, like, they have some dinosaurs. Like, Johnny Boychuk's at six, Letty's at five and a half, Hickey's at two and a half, he was in the minors, and then Farlan was at five. So, like,
0: they that don't really sense, have, like, still that weird. high
1: end, like, of the roster. It's just, like, they just have a bunch of middle-end forwards making five or six million, which
0: adds up. That's fair. Yeah, it's, it just seems like a weird team. Like, you, like, think of the roster off the top of your head. You're like,
1: Leo Palmer ups at three.
0: Yeah, like I get it. They they don't really have too many uh, depth guys making making
1: ten million dollars.
0: That sucks. That sucks. What are you doing, Lou? Now you got to resign Barzell, or uh, someone's gonna offer sheet him. You know they're gonna move cap space. Not gonna you know deny that. But also, okay, I've seen the Brendan Lemieux arbitration as well. Adam, I want your thoughts. I've seen Lemieux play live in person probably three or four times now, and I like he is literally a worse version of Matthew Kachuk. He's perfect for a team. Like, this is a guy that is, like, playoff ready. This is a guy that you win with in the playoffs. How on earth are they not just handing him two by two?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, that's, it doesn't really make sense, right? Like, he, he'll he be good, like, I'm projecting, like, what? I think he'd be good for 15, 15 goals, 100 pims. Like, does everything you ask of him in the playoffs, like, I, I don't really get it, but you know, that's that's arbitration. I guess the cap world you're in right now.
0: Yeah, but like it, it I, I I don't understand hockey. I don't. I shouldn't be talking. Like, I mean, I get it. You can't just offer sheet anyone. But like, dude, if you could literally tell thirty NHL teams, hey, you get Brendan Lemieux two years at two million dollars, <laughs> you'd be the stupidest GM in the world if you wouldn't do that. All right, it's Cody Janssen, Adam Merm, with you here. World Hockey Report, 12 ounce sports, Zingo TV, channel 761. When you sign up for Zingo, use promo code 120Z. Get that hooked up for free. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, Kate, let's talk some World Juniors. Kirby Doc. I mean, that's a huge addition for Canada. Like, what do you expect his impact to be? I mean, this was arguably Chicago's best player in the playoffs now getting to play at the World Juniors. And do you think more will follow? Like, I, I think it's stupid if the Rangers don't let Lafreniere go back. Like, there's so many of these players who, what, you're going to have a training camp over Christmas holiday? Shut up. I get it. It's worth the, It's got to be worth the risk if these guys do potentially get banged up for them to have that World Junior experience. Like, look at how many careers the World Juniors has boosted. Just because these kids go there, they, you know, they do good. They kind of find their own. They get to play in a huge pressure scenario that they probably won't get. I mean, if you talk to guys who've played in the World Juniors and won it, I mean, you know, you, you talked with Ings and all those guys too. They'll tell you, the World Juniors, that's as big of a stage as it gets until you get to, say, Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, the pressure you face there is uncomparable anywhere else. And those are just lessons you can't teach. You can't read about that. A coach can't tell you about that. You have to live it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Michigan not sending or potentially not sending that one kid doesn't really make sense.
0: Yeah, what an idiot. Like, I mean, just another terrible look for college hockey. Like, you're going to hold a kid back because you've got a Big Ten regular season game against... I, you know, Nebraska Rutgers. I don't, I don't, I, I know they're not big 10 hockey teams, but still like, come on, it's a regular season games that you might be missing. I get it. You don't want to lose them for a couple of months with the whole training camp, but like you're such a scumbag. If you hold the player back, you're actually just the biggest loser in the world. Yeah. And I mean,
1: Doc was literally in the NHL last year and he, he's still asked Chicago to go to the world juniors and I guess the story was he, he asked to go because he was playing like nine minutes a game and then eventually they said to go and then I guess Bowman's like no we'll start playing anymore and then he started started playing more but yeah I mean I expect him to be like like one of the best like probably the best player at the tournament but you look at it and from his draft class like there's still guys on the states like Zegers and Turcotte and Caulfield who all all had or I guess Zegers probably the most had a strong tournament last year and I mean it, it should be a great tournament. Like Doc came back from the, the pause last year and he looked like a different player. He's playing lots. He he really was Chicago's probably best player. But like I at the same time I, I don't understand why the Devils went sent Hughes and why uh, the Rangers went sent Kako. Like those guys weren't great in the NHL last year. They're like the I don't think they're really needed for their teams this year. I, I don't know why they wouldn't send them.
0: That's fair. No, it's... Who Who do you think... Like, I get, we're going to break down World Juniors a lot more in December. I mean, we always hit it on the head. We've got the best coverage out there. Like, you know, sorry, TSN, Sportsnet, World Hockey Report. We crush the World Junior coverage every single year, out of. But, like, okay, off the top of my head, if you... if I, I mean, give me your gold, silver, bronze, way too early prediction right now.
1: Um... I think I think U.S. wins gold because I'm not sold on Canada's goaltending. Like, I, like I don't. It's like Taylor Goche and Dylan Garand who are both dub guys. And, and Goche a good goalie, but you know he gets passed over in the draft twice now. Um, and USA they got Spencer Knight and Dustin Wolf returning. So I'll say them gold. I'll look with Candace silver, and then I don't know. Like Sweden's probably in there bronze. Russia, like I mean we're not really sold on him uh finland i don't like I, finland's like always like good but like you can never really tell when they'll they'll get over like being like a medal team like every year they win the gold you're like i could see it but i could also see them finishing seventh like they did the one year in montreal but
0: yeah their yeah, definition I, of good not great
1: yeah um I, sweden three yeah sure
0: that works that works for me okay Oicha, no hitting I mean, just a, uh, wh- what was your thoughts when you saw this? Because, like, you can't play hockey without it. Like, I mean, face offs, you get close to someone. Like, standing in front of the net, you're getting close to someone. Like, a, a hit really doesn't have that much, like, close face to face contact, honestly. And it probably separates a lot quicker than just, like, an average scrum on the wall.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, pinning a guy, like, if they said no pinning a guy, i would be, like, okay. But, like, hitting, like, you, you hit a guy for, what, half a second and and you're gone, and I know that Peter King was saying that the NFL, uh, they found that tackling and, like, hitting a guy wasn't really a cause of it, right, like, it was, it's them sitting on the bench together, it's them showering, it's them staying on the same bus, like, right, like, they're not, they're not gonna have dividers on the bench separating kids, and like, if they, if they all said, like, we're a bubble or something, I'd be like, eh, whatever, like, like that doesn't affect the game but like taking out body contact makes absolutely no sense and almost the worst part was that girl on twitter at least in the cloud she was being an absolute hero
0: and she was like, like fighting back with people like shut up if yeah, you're a politician like, to, like,
1: darren dragger and stuff and she's like she's like no this is this is it like this is, this is happening like whether you guys like it or not and then like everything she said it was just like yeah no like like she was like trying to be the law about everything and I agree with a lot, what a lot of people are saying it's like her having the ability to say that so she's saying it just to be like we're doing something which is clearly the wrong thing and like if you had a projection like on on science or something like where it's like okay the, like do a sports science on how hitting uh transmits this this disease or illness or whatever you want to call it and then i'd be like oh okay i'm not a i don't really understand that but like the fact you have something to back it up sure but like she's just like yeah no hitting and then I think eventually uh Doug Ford was like he kind of overstepped overste- stepped on top of her he's like no like we're gonna like there's gonna be hitting like I think it was just a lot of people are mad about it but I'd say there's a zero percent chance that they that they play without hitting
0: yeah, I don't know how they're making the decision four months in advance. Too like, let's just pump the brakes here. Let's talk late January. And if it is seriously that bad, then you can actually consider it. But like, it doesn't make sense to make that decision four months early. That's just stupid. Okay, we got a couple of minutes here. I got to get this caddying story. Like, you were caddying for Mike Babcock when you were ten. Like, what was that like? Come on. Like, we we need something no, just, here.
1: Like I like we like I guess I know him a little bit like just like student guy like your dad's friends and him like they're all
0: yeah no he's insane. a saski guy he's done a ton for saskatchewan like i get it people might hate him for being a coach but there's no de- denying like he's actually done a ton of good stuff for yeah, like you like know people back home
1: children's hospital like i remember drew amanda told the story how like the leaves were in edmonton and he went to like talk to babcock because they obviously know each other well and like before drew even said hi babcock she was like yeah my golf tournaments uh for the children's hospitals this weekend in Saskatoon see there. Like, it wasn't like it was just, you know, <laughs> he raises a lot of money for, for the children's hospital and and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We were just, like, in Waska Sioux
0: There's nothing Waska. funny that you can say.
1: Yeah, no. Was, like, I, I honestly, like, just, yeah, it was like, hey, you want to go go with Mike? Yeah, sure. So, sat, sat around. And, like, every time, like, we we saw Detroit play a couple times, like, in Edmonton or Montreal, and we'd chat with him after. But, no, he's good dude like i mean i
0: i'm not gonna say that was a such coach, a dry never. story that was such a yeah, dry it's, st- it's i thought i thought really you were gonna be like ba- i
1: have a picture like I, mean,
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like man babcock was making me gas beers at 10 like i, I gave him the wrong club and he was telling me to do push-ups mm-hmm. i thought you'd have something something going uh, there no
1: nah, nah, none of that like he's I'll, I, I don't really remember it i just like my dad's like oh here's a picture of you catting from like babcock I was like when did i do that like you know
0: Alright, let's wrap this thing up before we get to Smitty, Tyler Smith. Uh beauty. Beauty as well. So, okay, Adam, new segment. Healthy scratch of the week. Who are you scratching?
1: Lisa McLeod.
0: I, I think it's pretty self explanatory. Yeah.
1: At, at, Lisa McLeod. Um her for sure. Like just like, like just like go away. Like. I I was
0: just, I was just gonna scratch the entire OHL for even like just admitting that they weren't going to have hockey. But here's here's a new one. And I, I know I'm painting a lot of teams of the brush here. But I'm healthy scratching any AGHL or Junior A team. That's taking in all these dub players. And I'm not meaning like one or two. I'm meaning like they're bringing in like three, four, five. And they're sitting at kids who have been paying to skate and play for months on end. And now they're putting them on the fifth, sixth line just because they're going to play these dub kids to win preseason games. And, you know, meaningless games when it really comes down to it. Like you're not selling more tickets. You're not selling more hockey TV subscriptions. You're just being an absolute... I... Yeah, I don't and even I, want to go on. And team. I talked
1: to a junior A coach the other day, and like he's just like, it's not fair. Like we we had the option to, it's just not fair. Like I don't know why the league's doing it. Like we didn't shut down, and you know, and it's stupid, right? Like a team's gonna get like a dub goalie to play for them for two months, and they'll be first place, and the goalie will leave, they'll go back to a regular guy, and the team will be second last, and be like, oh, what happened? It's like like how do you get a gauge?
0: Oh, and you know, plus now you got junior A teams with rich owners. Not gonna say who. I mean, I think everyone in Alberta I mean, can get <laughs> everyone in Alberta and the Saskatchewan too. I heard I heard a pretty funny uh, story that might be out of the what's that Southeast part of the the SJ, but also in Alberta, like teams chalking around some money for some of these dub kids to come play for a month or two. You know, that's uh I from a kid's perspective, I'm like, hey, that's great if you're a twenty bomb, that's you know, played major juniors junior a you're going to finish off in junior b go get that money but if you're going to take a spot away from a junior a kid just because you know you i don't we're not going to get into that trout buddy appreciate it as always always a blast and i mean next week who knows i mean maybe the world's going to end with this election people are blowing up about it if you're in canada stop complaining just smile doesn't cost anything be nice no like no election gives you a reason to be an asshole that's that's what i'll say oh do we have i'm uh, still there or no oh yeah no i'm,
1: I'm still here i just i'll just reading something about the h1n2 virus that's up and coming
0: so oh nice we got safe, a new COVID. Everyone. we got a new COVID. nice stay safe everyone that'll do tyler smith after the break it's world hockey report live 12 on sports zingo tv channel 761 Alrighty, please be joined, AJSJ alumni Laduke product. Welcome, Tyler Smith to World Hockey Report. Smitty, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Just uh, just
2: midweek, grinding through another school week. But uh, yeah, I can't complain. Here we got the World Series on and, and football. No more hockey, so I mean, I have to stick with football for now. But yeah, can't complain. How you doing?
0: Student life, man. I, I mean, hey, I'm good as long as the Rays win. I don't want to see the Dodgers win. I don't know if I can handle that. I've just, I don't know, I've just never liked the Dodgers or Yankees. I, I've never understood the whole baseball system. But that's a story for another time. Smitty, I mean, we got a ton to cover. Hey, like, you know what? Your hockey career, you bounced around. And I got it like, you know, what what got you into hockey, though, first off? You know, what was it that really brought you to the game that you love? Um, for the most
2: part, I think, like, my brother grew up playing as well, so I think kind of just following in his footsteps, and then, um, right at the, like, to start off, I wasn't crazy about hockey, like, but once I kind of hit my growth spurt and wee, I started to, to become a little more competitive and a little more skilled, so I was like, oh, you know what, I can, I can play AAA, I can play AA, I can kind of do that and see if it can kind of take me anywhere, and I mean, all my friends pretty much growing up all played hockey as well, so that was the foundation to begin with and and having everybody playing hockey and, and it, it just worked out perfectly
0: for me. Now I don't wanna fire any shots. I mean I'm a Sasky guy here, but seeing Triple A around here, I mean, has Leduc always been pretty mediocre, I don't know if I've seen a good team come out of Leduc yet.
2: Well I like I mean I know Leduc went to
0: Telus Cup three years ago. Okay, so okay. Kind of, yeah, I think they went to Telus Cup
2: three or two or three years ago. I guess we can kind of rely on that. Um, I mean, we've had some wicked hockey players come out of Laduke, which is nice. Like Jordan Martinuk of the of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. We had, had a ton of guys go to NCAA route. So I mean, for the most part, I think Laduke hockey is good. It's just very spread out. I hey. mean, Laduke hockey. I mean, for me, even growing up, I when I was playing in Bantam, we had guys from Drayton Valley, Pinocchio, Tashkent, like Beaumont, everywhere. Like it. The problem is there zones like the Amityshire Park, St. Albert. They'll get 160 kids at camp, no no problem
0: at all. All the we rich kids. We kind of
2: got to
0: venture out. So. <laughs> hey, at least you're not part of the spoiled Brett, rich kids of the the North Edmonton <laughs> St. Albert area. We won't uh, we won't dive into that too much. But, oh, dude, okay, so your junior A starts, or after you're done midget, you go to Drayton Valley. I'm sorry to hear. I mean, you know, as someone who kicked around, <laughs> not the not the prettiest place to play, but what was your experience like in DV? Uh, my reason in DB was good. I think that first
2: year especially, coming out of high school, coming out of midget, I more or less just wanted to play hockey just because it was the ideal situation. I didn't have to start my life. I could go make some new friends. I could go kind of start living on my own-ish. Obviously, it's with a of family, but a little more independent. And then, uh, yeah, Drain Valley was close to me too, which was a big, big draw for me, I think being able to go home on on Sundays even for dinner for like only 45 minutes away from LaDuke was was a real treat and not a luxury that a ton of guys have so that was an instant draw for me and then I mean I connected with I connected pretty strongly with six or seven guys that we continue to do a camping trip every every summer just because it was uh, I mean it's tough because sometimes you just don't have those teams that everybody clicks with but for the most part I I clicked with everybody on that team and and it was uh, it was a experience for
0: me at least. Fair enough. Hey, it could be worse, right? it could be playing in Larange or nepawa I mean there's <laughs> a, there's some worse places. Yeah, exactly. how, how did how did you end up in Humboldt though? Was it a trade? Like did you ask to get moved? What what happened there? Uh long story. Um
2: I mean I don't wanna I, I definitely am never one to bash an organization, but I, I guess there was some some ownership issues, some and little decisions that got made and they they tried trading train me to a place that I didn't really want to go to and I ended up kind of just sitting at home for a month. I, I'm not a guy who'd have
0: an agent. Like I'm Please 40- please tell me it was the Calgary Mustangs because I bailed on them in 2 days. That's my reputation there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I wasn't actually the Calgary Mustangs, but it was uh it was a team. Yeah, it was yeah. it wasn't a team helper. Well, it, it was so probably I,
0: th- just, Okay, it's probably a south team. Let's wasn't even a sales team it wasn't a team in alberta so i'll just say that okay well. okay okay um so like i said i don't really have an agent or
2: anything so i more or less just had to actually had to go home because i was like you know what i'm not going to take that deal and he recommend well he didn't recommend like i feel bad the coach came up to me after after the accident and everything and and we there was no hard feelings at all but uh i, w- I ended up going home and i ended up actually trying to just like be my own agent and and started calling around to coaches all around Alberta and Saskatchewan trying to just get a an opportunity, but I mean, when they go to my hockey DB and look at my staff, they're going to be like, okay, hey, well, why would I bring this kid in, like, I, and they, at this point, it was October, I think, so I was, I was already in deep, like, I, I had realistically no real shots of, of really getting on a roster, especially in Alberta, so I relied on one of my brother's best friends who played Humboldt for three years, and I said, hey, Trevor, like, I need you, man, like, at least get like a tryout or something
0: and, and Wait 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 are we talking Trevor Posh here? Absolutely. <laughs> Posher. What a guy. That's yeah. awesome. That's hilarious. that said he hooked you up.
2: Yeah, see, he's a character and I mean he was him and Darcy uh, were very tight and and Trevor is, is the ideal teammate, the ideal player you want. You he can he can score, he can shoot. All right yeah, he can do anything. He can fight, he can hit so um, I, I guess Darcy took his word, which was nice, and I ended up just backing out my car and, and hoping that I would be able to, to make that first impression, but, so, I guess, yeah, I show up, and I, I uh, let's just say I was a little out of shape, because you know as a hockey player, when you're not skating every single day, especially in junior, like, your hockey conditioning, it, it's shot, it's it's gone, and it's hard to kind of get back, but, so I was ended up actually almost pretty much laying on the bench and puking after they put me through a little bagscape by myself at the end. And then I uh, ended up sticking, I guess Darcy saw something in that he liked.
0: So. You're like, trust me, guys. Trust me. It's just been a rough <laughs> month. I'll get it back. I'll get it figured out. No, like, I mean, Humboldt, like, a great place. I mean, I grew up in Saskatchewan. I know that the Mel can be a pretty fun place. Or what's the main difference? So, like, I mean, as, I, as a guy who played AJ and SJ, like, what's the difference as a player or a forward? Like, what's something that, you know, I, I, I mean, if it's me, I'm thinking the AJ is more of a skilled league, obviously. But, like, you, I mean, you lived it. What was, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. Like, I
2: mean, in the AJ, you have your Spruce Groves, you have your Brooks, you have your Okotoks, you have your Sure Parks, and they're they're a very majority skilled teams. And I mean, for the, for the SJ compared to that, I think it's a little more grit, it's a little more kind of farm boy mentality. But I mean, there's still a ton of good players. Like at least the year I played in Humboldt, like Lane Lane Young put up, I mean, how many points? Like there's there's I think he put up over a hundred points. So I mean, there's still a ton of guys that can out of the sj but it's definitely a little more a little more grit a little more kind of in your face hockey but i still i would still compare them like you look and humboldt has got how many championships and, and even when the sj and the aj kind of play off like they're always good series but it's just i think for the most part the majority of the aj is a little maybe more skilled than the sj but the sj is is
0: no slouch either Okay, Smith. I gotta ask you. I don't know if Hockey DB or Elite Prospects has this messed up. Did you go a full junior season with two penalty minutes? <laughs> I, I don't like. Uh, I mean, I I don't
2: sure. I, I don't do any of that. Like, I, just, I, I I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I I think I can't even remember when I got those two penalty minutes. But yeah, yeah. I guess the most not the most desirable award is the most sportsmanlike, and I certainly wasn't going for that. But I just never ended up getting penalties. It was, yeah, it was odd. I, I mean, I, I was more of a penalty kill guy, so I was like, yeah, okay, well, I don't want to get penalties, and I can't be getting ice time on the penalty
0: kill. So. <laughs> hey, you weren't a big points guy either, but you had more goals than penalty minutes, so I think most people are going to take that. <laughs> we'll chalk that one up on your side. Smitty, I mean, hey, can't can't thank you enough for doing this. And I mean, obviously, 2018, the tragic incident, I mean, it's it's tough to this day. It's something that hits home for anyone who played juniors, played hockey, the game of hockey in general. Anyone who's been, you know, touched by it. There's so many guys on that team and, you know, coaches, staff, all of the above. You know, when, when, when you look back on it and you look at that following season, when you return to Humboldt, what was that like for you? I, I, I just, you know, I, I can't even imagine or begin to put myself in your shoes there. What was it like for you? You know, when you're going through the healing process, you go back to Humboldt, you get back on the ice with the guys, you get to put the sweater back on again. Can, I mean, can you just walk me through, you know, what it was like for you? Yeah,
2: I think for the, off the hop, the first word to describe is kind of overwhelming, but, um, so once I got the word that I was actually maybe able to to play again, I I didn't realize that was gonna be an option. They gave me a one to two year recovery on my left arm for my nerve damage, so I was like I was pretty checked out already. I was like, you know what, I d I don't think there's gonna be an option. I don't you know, I don't really have to even exercise that option, but things were healing pretty fast and, and I started realizing that this could possibly be an option and, and I knew Derek Pater and Brady Cameron were already going back and I, I had every intention to join them, and I wanted to join them, and I also wanted to kind of prove to myself that I could still play at a level like junior A hockey. But it was a tough transition. It was it was a tough kind of time going back. But for those first couple weeks before I went back, like I think it, I luckily I know a guy in uh, in Laduke at the rec center who just let me come skate for like a for an hour every morning or or whatever it was. So so that was good. I can kind of get my hockey conditioning shape back, but I definitely. I didn't prepare mentally enough, which led me to obviously uh, leaving again. But it was—I uh, I will say—I'm just glad I—I I wasn't ready for that first game, that humble play Because I mean, being there on the red carpet with all the other boys, like it was—it was one of the most overwhelming experiences, and I, I couldn't even possibly imagine trying to play in that game. So I'm kind of fortunate that I was more mid-season. There wasn't as much hype, wasn't as much kind of media around the Broncos at that time. Like obviously, once I like announced that I was coming back there was still there was still an excitement factor and there was still kind of hype around it but it was more a little more less or low-key which was nice for me at least but yeah it was uh it was an overwhelming and, and big learning experience for me
0: Man, I you know I appreciate you walking that through. I know you know me and Adam at World Hockey Report were close with Dogger and so when Dolly got back, you know it was just tears of joy for him. You know, there's no other, there's really no words. Overwhelming, as you put it, was probably the perfect way. And you know what? As you said, you know you might not have actually been ready to come back. And did, did you find, I, I know you're a big mental health advocate and that's how, you know, that's why I wanted to dive into this. Do you feel that it kind of helped your mental health a little bit to come back to Leduc that year? You know, play junior B with some of your buddies, maybe a little bit less of a, or a less stressful environment, something maybe you can work on recovering, whether that's rehab, physio. Like, did you feel that helped your mental health a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think... I mean, during my kind of little tenure back in Humboldt, I think that was my big wake-up call to mental health. And, and knowing that, that like being in Humboldt, playing for the Broncos again, was not where I needed to be. And then moving on to playing for the Riggers in Leduc with all my buddies that I grew up with, I think that was more of the place that I needed to be to kind of find that enjoyment back in hockey. And also find that enjoyment back in, in just myself. Like, I mean, getting getting back to kind of the hockey player I was and also just like the person I was just being that glue guy. Cause I mean, in Humboldt when I was back, I, I couldn't really get take on that role of being the glue guy in the dressing room anymore. And I love that role. That's, that's what I strive for. That's mainly why I wanted to play junior hockey. Like I just love that atmosphere. I love making those memories. So when I couldn't do that in Humboldt, I thought maybe I could bring this to the rigors again, just because I mean, there's not that pressure anymore. It's, I mean, as much as junior b in in alberta is a very good league like it's not it's not at the end of the day you're worried about playing the next game you're worried about what your coach going to say like there's not a lot of those worries and pressures anymore so once i could get back on the ice and just and like i mean I, I was bopping to the music in between it like in, in between whistles like i was i mean i was just a, a free spirit out there which was which i loved and i mean there was we could go hang out with the boys after games and i mean there wasn't a ton of that overall pressure that really puts your mental
0: health in a in a pretzel sometimes so they know when you're having fun playing the game is you know that's that's the best everyone wants to have fun playing hockey that's why we play that's why we love it and I I I mean we're gonna get into the cap really don't get me wrong here but Tyler I mean you know you've been such a big mental health advocate as you know we've talked before you you came to Ralphie's camp there last summer you know especially around the Edmonton area and everything, can you dive a little bit more into, you know, the the mental health advocacy that you're doing, your message, and, you know, what it means to you when you're you're talking to a lot of these, you know, up-and-coming hockey players?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for me at the start of my kind of recovery and after the accident, I didn't really intend for this to kind of eventually possibly be my role. Like, I had no... I had no real experiences with mental health and my own mental health just because I mean I always just put it to the back burner and especially being that dressing room guy like you you always put it to the back burner just because you're always coming in every day and you're trying to make the boys laugh and you're trying to smile and you're always trying to be upbeat and I think that was kind of what was taking a toll on me and that was my wake-up call in Humboldt and I mean me growing up obviously I, I didn't grow up in the 90s or anything when hockey was like that real tough keep your mouth shut about emotions and feelings world but now I mean you can see the shift and I mean if I can if I can help in the in the youth department in the in the junior hockey department of of making sure that these junior hockey players and, and hockey players in general are really taking care of their mental health and their mental shape and state then I mean I think I'm trying to our sorry that that's just what I want like that I mean I don't want people to experience what some some people have to experience. Like, it's, it's it's truly, it's so sad because everybody has something. Everybody has a story, and everybody, especially being a hockey player, growing up as a hockey player, growing up as, like, a, a, when I was growing up, that was never even a question of, you know, I should share my thoughts and feelings. I I'm not doing okay. Like, I'm just going to get on the ice. I'm gonna, and, I, and, I mean, especially with injuries now, like, looking back, like, I mean, it's it's sad because even when I was in my – second year mid of AAA, like, I broke my wrist and missed half the season, and I was completely down, but, like, I, I still, I just put that to the back burner, and I did that for a while after the accident as well, and I just don't want people to do that, because I know what it, I know the effect, and I know what can happen when you bottle stuff up, and and that, unfortunately, leads to just a downhill spiral, and I, I just don't, I just don't like seeing that, so, I mean, now, in my speeches and my advocacy, I definitely try to, to just pre you have to have to focus on your mental health as much as you focus on your physical health and especially as a hockey player we spend so much time preparing for a season and and during the season like our physical health is the most important thing we're in shape we got to make sure we're we're on top of things but I mean for the most part we've never been taught to really be on top of our mental states and I mean that is completely a part of hockey like it's not like mental shape and, and your state of mind is not a part of hockey let's be honest like hockey is very physical, but it's also very mental. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's it kind of, it's been a journey for me as well because I'm also learning and I'm also recovering and healing. But, I mean, if I can hopefully give another hockey player or another person in general hope or inspiration, and then that's the end goal. That's just exactly what I want. So, I mean, now I can I can re- tell people that they're not alone because they're not. And, I mean, especially if you're on a hockey team, you got to remember that, The guy beside you should hopefully be there for you every day. And if you're having a rough day, like, it's as simple as just your teammate saying, how you doing? And, I mean, as much as you always saying, I'm doing fine, I'm doing okay, there comes a point in time where you actually have to kind of open up and realize that you can be courageous and you can make that brave step that not a lot of people will make. But, I mean, it's going to help in the end. So...
0: Well, Smitty, I know you've uh, touched enough people in the area, you know, whether that is, doesn't matter if it's an up and coming NHL star or just, uh, you know, a local hockey player, it doesn't matter. But, you know, your, your words have definitely had an effect on people, which is awesome to see. I mean, I hope you are able to continue with that. And you've also got the sweaters coming out. You know, it's... Um, on on, on the website use the quote, it's okay to not be okay. And I I believe I could be wrong. I believe that's a Michael Landsberg saying or something that he's been a big advocate for. And so, you know, you, you come up with the not alone sweaters. And I mean, first off, they look great, man. I can't wait to rock mine this winter, but you know, walk, walk me through the process of how you got this going. What, what really sparked this for you?
2: Yeah, like I said, I mean, obviously, mental health hasn't been uh, at the forefront of my life for quite some time. And and once I realized that I do have to take care of my own mental health, I I guess tried to keep it simple. And I mean, one of the biggest things I learned with my healing is there's no right or wrong way to do it. And these are two kind of sayings that really stuck with me and really resonated with me. And And I mean, for the first part, the not alone is just as simple as you always have your friends and family around you and you always have your teammates. So I mean, just having that simple reminder is sometimes what people need and i mean if i can spark that conversation with just somebody who's wearing a hoodie i mean that's exactly what i want out of this it's just as simple as that if somebody's walking by and they see this hoodie and i mean it could be a random person obviously it's covid so i guess not a lot of people are gonna obviously open up right away or anything but i mean if it's a friend or family member that you're hanging out with and they see that hoodie on and and you can strike up that conversation about their kind of mental state and their thoughts and their and what's going on in their life, then I mean, that's, that's the ideal situation. And then the it's okay to not be okay um, was a big thing for me. I think my girlfriend came out and said to me that if she, or no, if, if you as a person are willing to realize that you're not okay and kind of open up about your feelings and then your thoughts and everything in, inside your head, then that's pretty much the most brave and courageous thing you can do as a human being. So once I realized that it's truly okay to really not be okay, that as simple as that. Then I mean, I, I instantly stuck with me for, for it will stick with me for the rest of my life just because it's simple, but it means so much and there's such a there's such a hidden meaning to that. So I just I originally just made these sweaters for me, my girlfriend, and my brother, and I just kind of whipped them up. I know the I know the family runs the embroidery shop in town, so it was like you know can you can you just for fun? I just want to see all these workouts and and I ended up just posting a photo of them and. A bunch of people kind of it hit home with the, with them, and and I mean I hope the the design is it's cool too. Like I still want it to be fashionable, where you can kind of wear it out and stuff. But but yeah, I definitely I couldn't believe the the response from them. The support has been absolutely incredible so
0: far. We'll definitely we'll tweet out that link on World Hockey Report. Get it across. Uh, you know help. Get 12 ounce sports to help get that word out as well, Smitty. I really appreciate you diving into some of that stuff, man. I I do want to switch gears a bit. I know you got some funny stories from juniors. I mean, anyone who's played that, there, there's there's definitely a couple of light moments that have got to stick out to you. You got any good prank stories? I know, you know, you see all these guys day in day out. There's got to be some people that either you messed with or someone messed with you. Prank stories
2: um i might have to think about that one like you always get the odd like uh sock tape on the on the blades and stuff which is a treat but for the most part i mean our team was our team was real fun just because we definitely had that don't really give a shit attitude but then then again we also had that skill like it was crazy like i mean we had a guy with the humor twins and one of them played in Brooks, and one of them played in for with the Lane, that Lane young kid. And I mean, they were both incredible. And I mean, we ended up going to the third round of playoffs and everything like that. But I, I mean, I have to oh, geez, geez, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> um, <laughs> for prank stories, I might have to. We might have to come, do another episode. I often think about that one. But uh, yeah, Junior B was one of the best.
0: Okay, any, made. We'll, we'll, we'll take it a little bit broader. Any funny stories about the jungle? Like, you know, guys eating Big Macs two minutes before the game, you know, guys missing warm-ups. I I, I mean, I've, I've seen enough of the Capital League. There's teams that show up with 10 players, and I love it. But, like, what's what's something that, like, when you were back in the jungle, you were like, okay, this definitely isn't Junior A anymore? This, yeah, that, that
2: is definitely a wake-up call. <laughs> I mean... I came in with that mindset, too, actually, and this is a story about me, but in my first year of playing, we were playing Shure Park in the first round, and we were going into double overtime, and I remember one of my buddies took a snap video of me because I was in the middle of the dressing room with half of my equipment off, and I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, can you bring me a Gatorade? I'm dying. And then I ended up getting the double overtime winner, <laughs> and it was just priceless just because, like, it's as simple as that, but then again, like, the whole like, eating, like, crap before the games. I can't remember what game we played, but one of our teammates was just crushing a donut or poutine before the game, and I was just, like, everybody's hitting hitting vapes and and hungover. I mean, but then again, you come out and you you play your life, though. Like, it's it's such a fun league in that way just because it doesn't really matter what you did the night before as long as you just show up. And, I mean, it doesn't even matter what time you show up. I was a kid that used to... (laughs) was five five minutes before on ice warm-up and i mean that was that was just my thing but it was uh everybody's definitely got their own thing going on in that league just because half the guys are working half the guys are in school i mean you you never really know especially with our team you never really knew who was even coming i remember some games we'd have six forwards and and three deep, and i mean now that, that was just a normal thing and i mean it was it was tough because usually you drank the night before, but then again, like, if you're playing, like, you're you're sweating a ton. So it was perfect because you're getting everything out. So,
0: yeah, it was uh, quite, quite. that's why they call this Jungle. It's quite a time. Oh, man. it's And Alberta is something else. I mean, when I was up in Fort Mac, the my first Jungle game, Fort Mac's like, hey, Cold Lake needs a goalie. Both their guys are hurt. Like, just go down there for the weekend, whatever. They'll pay you for it. So I went down there, and we played a team called Saddler from Saddle Lake. And I kid you not, this team had three players that came up for warm-ups. And I'm like, what (laughs) is going on? And then for the game, they show up with a full team. Literally, like, three-quarters of the team didn't take warm-ups. It was the wildest thing ever. And I was like, oh, my goodness. What am I doing here? I think we beat them 20 to nothing. It was a joke. All righty, quick hitters. We always go through this. I mean, just a little fun stuff for you. Appreciate you taking the time. But, Smitty, I mean, you got to tell people. What are you watching on Netflix right now?
2: Um... Okay, so I'm watching Kingdom right now. My buddy recommended me me to it. It's got Nick Jonas. It's kind of an MMA show. Um, It's good, but I mean, I just finished watching. People are probably going to look down on me a little bit here because it's kind of like almost a Grey's Anatomy show, but I just finished watching a show called Away, and it was incredible, man. I was almost in tears a couple times. It's so good. If you get a chance, give it a shot.
0: I have not watched that. We just finished selling Sunset. With the ladies So uh, that was That was an interesting one So good So good (laughs) Okay What's the best TV show Of all time? The Office No question Thank goodness If you said anything else I might have to end The interview right now Favorite hockey movie? Uh
2: Circle is always a good one. I, I never really got into Slap shot enough, so I, I wish I, I could say Slap Shot, but I don't want to lie about it. But uh, I do love, or no, the, you know what, the Mighty Ducks, the original
0: one. Wow, okay, D1. That's I think D2 is better, but uh, hey, you're allowed to have your own opinion. What's the go to wing flavor? Uh, Honey Hot. Okay. Honey hot. Interesting. A little bit of dill sprinkled on top, too. No, that's too far. That's too far. What's the go to bar drink? Um, well, you got to keep the body tight, so vodka soda with a little lime wedge. Oh, you got to use water then instead of soda if you want to keep it that tight. True, true. (laughs) Like the lime wedge, though, would prefer gin. Smitty, buddy, (laughs) you've been a blast. This is going to be an awesome. I think people are really going to like this when we drop this one. Hey, let people know, though, I mean, the, the website for the sweaters, you know, where people can find you on social media, all that good stuff. So, yeah, um, the sweaters, I guess the
2: best way to would be my Instagram handle, so um, smitty269, so S-M-I-T-T-Y 269 two is the uh, is probably the easiest way, um, I know a couple of other people may have it in their bios or have tweeted about it or stuff, but uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to find it, so uh, again, yeah, the, the support and love around those has been absolutely Mind-blowing to me. Luckily, the embroidery shop in town has been doing a lot of the work for me because it would be tough trying to run that with also school. So, yeah, thanks very much to Alex Embroidery. But, yeah, the sweaters have been awesome.
0: Quick shout-out for them. Buddy, thank you once again. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it, Cody. We'll uh, we'll chat through. Tyler Smith. What a guy. That was awesome. Really appreciate him uh, taking some time. I know he's busy. He's got a lot going on, you know, school and all. Sometimes you kind of got to do that. But yet again, thank you to him for coming on. I know some of those topics are not easy to talk about. And we appreciate everyone who watched. You know, I saw there's a good amount of people watching today. So we do appreciate that. Appreciate Smitty for showing it. You know, we'll tweet out the link. Go check us out on Twitter at We'll Talk Your RPT. We're going to tweet out the link to the sweaters. Yes, we're going to get them. Hopefully, maybe I'll be rocking mine next week for the show. We are going to do that. Again, thanks to Adam, breaking down some NHL stuff to start. Adam Irwin Trout, my guy. World Hockey Report. We're rocking. We're rocking. It's still the offseason. We know you want hockey talk. We're here to give it to you week after week. Wednesdays, you know where to find us. Huge, huge interviews coming up, though. I know you guys are going to love it, especially, especially if you like some of those classic NHLers. We've got a couple of new age ones. Uh, gonna be coming on the show again. Huge thanks to everyone who supported us last season of World Hockey Report. You know, 12-ounce Sports Zingo TV, of course, but you also got my bookie. You got Coco vodka, Cocoa Rum, Tub Masks, Verbero, Tootie Wrap. You know, e- everyone who chips in to make this possible. That's the reason we do it. We love y'all, and we're gonna see you next week back here, same time, same place. Cody Jansen signing off. Remember, remember, always. Always, always, you can be kind and you can be better.